0: This is a Triple J Podcast. Hello, it's just me today, Pip Rasmussen with you. And I'm very excited to rip the lid off another controversial topic today on this episode. So last week we did an ep on trust and how much trust you should give new people in your love lives. And we tried to figure out if it should be earned or given straight away. Go have a listen if you haven't already, it's in your feeds. Anyway we had a caller, Dan, who said that he's all about trusting people really quickly on the first few dates to the point where he kind of trauma dumped on them.
1: I've had times where I've actually opened up quite a lot. Like I've told some pretty heavy stories and the response just wasn't what I expected. But what what do you what do you expect from someone when you're telling them some pretty heavy stuff straight off the bat? They don't even really know you. So,
0: And Dean, I thought there's a story in this. There's a topic. Because like Dan experienced, not everyone takes that overshare in their stride. But you know what? I am actually a massive oversharer, so I can relate to Dan. And turns out heaps of you feel the same, which honestly did surprise us. So in this episode, we're going to hear your thoughts on trauma dumping on the first date or at least really early on when dating. So why you reckon it's bad? Why you reckon it's good and sometimes even healthy? When is the right time to tell someone your trauma and how to do it well without fully traumatizing the other person? (laughs) Okay, so there's a bit of a content warning on this app. We are covering trauma. Not in a way where we go into like huge detail, but you'll be hearing people mention theirs. So a heads up, there is talk of death, mental health, uh, sexual abuse, suicide, illness, drug use. So if you hear anything that affects you, we're going to leave some numbers in the show notes. So when we did a call out on our Insta stories about this, we honestly had such a split down the middle from people who have a love-hate relationship with trauma dumping when it comes to dating, I know we say this every week, but honestly, this topic really popped the fuck off. I mean, we had so many DMs from you saying how you reckon trauma dumping early on, ain't it? So I'm not a fan of trauma dumping. I don't think that's a good idea for the yourself and the
1: other person hearing the information. Like that's a heavy burden for them to carry, um, and on our first date when you haven't even started building that relationship that's just a lot in my opinion. The thing about
2: trauma dumps is you have to be ready to hear it. If I'm not having a great day mentally or just not at capacity to hear that sort of thing then it can really affect my mental health and well-being and typically that would affect a whole lot of other things in my life. So I need to make sure that I'm gonna be okay to hear this sort of information. I think with trauma dumping about a previous relationship on a first date is a no-go. It feels more like a therapy session than a date. And I don't think I've ever had a second date after someone has trauma dumped their ex. I don't feel that trauma dumping is a healthy and progressive way to get to know a new person and to build a new connection with them.
0: But on the other hand, so many of you were all for it and even reckon it can be kind of healthy.
2: On my first date with my ex-partner, we got to talking about our lives and he was really open about some of the rougher parts of his past, including dealing with loved ones who had passed away, um, drug use. And I guess for other people, that could have been a lot. But for me, I was really impressed by his honesty and his ability to reflect with intelligence on that part of his life. And it actually led to me feeling like I could share some of my trickier things as well. So, yeah, I think it was actually a good thing in that case.
1: For me, like, it made me feel like, or showed me, that that person trusted me enough to tell me that information and they felt safe with me. I wasn't too phased by my experience of trauma dumping. It happened on the first date between my boyfriend and I of nearly a year now and it was a lot to take in but like he'd obviously put trust in me which I appreciated Um, but yeah for me my, my experience of it was good and after that first date we just knew we wanted to be together.
0: So after posting this on stories, our good friend and comedian Jodie Sloan got in touch. You actually might remember her um, from a video that we did with her. She sang a song called Are They Hot or Are They? Um, yeah, she did it on the ukulele. It was great. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it on our page. Uh, but yeah, she saw our post on trauma dumping and she DM'd us because she was like, okay, as someone with trauma, I have thoughts. So we asked her, what does trauma dumping mean to you?
1: To me, I think that it's changed definitions.
0: So I think that when it
1: first came out it was kind of coined by a psychologist and it meant a pretty serious thing to do to someone and a form of emotional manipulation by kind of unloading all of your trauma onto someone with the expectation that they'll listen and that they'll be there for you and no consideration of whether it would like cause any sort of emotional distress to the person but now it's kind of become way more mainstream similar to the term gaslighting uh, or other you know, psych buzzwords that now it kind of does mean just like venting to a lot of people or just being vulnerable and sharing your experiences. Um, and there's nothing shameful about having trauma and sharing it, but I think that there definitely needs to be
0: a consensus on what is like appropriate, especially while dating. Like Jody was saying, the definition of trauma dumping has kind of changed a bit. And look, there's no shame in being vulnerable. I think we can all agree on that. Um, as well as Amy, she got in our DMs because she reckons that we shouldn't make people feel bad for sharing. When you go into something like a date or a new relationship with somebody, you want to be open and you want to express your feelings and, you know, what you've gone through. And And I feel like it's almost backtracking when people are out here trying to promote mental health and, you know, you talking about these things I don't feel like it's trauma dumping at all. I think there's definitely a right way to go about sharing trauma though, right? It's like a time and place sort of thing. And we're going to get into that. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, I want to ask the question of why are people so quick to share their deeply personal and shell-shocking life moments with a stranger? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that it's exactly that, you know? When you go on a first or second or third date, they're practically a stranger. I mean, I've personally had some of the best DMs in the bathroom at the club, and it feels so freeing to just get something off your chest. And sometimes people who have absolutely no relation to what's happening to you can give the best advice or comfort or whatever you're looking for. Just, yeah, good chats. So when you tell a total random your deepest, darkest thoughts, it kind of feels okay because they don't know you, you might never see them again, you don't need to worry about the consequences or even aftercare, I guess. Like if I tell someone really close to me something that's happened in my past, their whole perception of me might shift. They might feel the need to check in on me or whatever. But this is just one reason though. We asked couples therapist and psychologist Liz Neal about why people trauma dump so soon, and she said there are heaps of factors. It could
2: relate to just the way someone is, right? So some people are are really upfront about personal information immediately. You know, some people are really an open book. Other times people might just sort of start to feel that there's a sense of security in what's going on and, and that there's a there's a safety. You know, the person that they're with might seem like a really good listener. They might seem like they're really interested and open or um might you might even know a little bit about someone else's past through the grapevine or just through sort of social media or something like that and it might seem like they're the kind of person that wants to know and wants to hear that information or could even relate to the information so they might again it might just seem like an appropriate thing to happen at the time um and then other people I think probably are driven by a sense of anxiety and they want to have it all out there. This is me, you know. Take it or leave it. Um, hopefully, you take it. Um, but you know, this is this is what you're getting into. Essentially, this is who I am. This is my past, and I'm going to be really honest about that upfront.
0: Yeah, this was one of the main responses that we got from this call out on our Instagram. Sarah was just one of many who got in touch to tell us about how they're really big on being upfront about their past trauma, and she told us it's a huge part of her life. And if people can't get on board with it, then don't waste her time. I've got some. Uh, quote-unquote intense, you know, mental health problems. So um, I'm, you know,
1: in anorexia recovery, I've got bipolar and I've also got a lot of sexual trauma that I'm working through. When I bring this up with people, so it could be um, new friends or it could be, um, you know, new partners, like if there's somebody that I can see myself in my life wanting to um, pursue any kind of relationship with, then this is something that I'm going to bring up really early on because if they turn around or they freak out or they get really defensive about it then why am i wasting time on somebody and cultivating
0: any you know friendship or relationship with somebody if they don't know the full me I can understand that to a degree, it's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best kind of vibe. But another reason sometimes people trauma dump so soon is that they reckon it'll fast track intimacy and closeness.
1: I always see trauma dumping as a way for people who are feeling insecure to skip the getting to know you part of relationships by telling you about their trauma. They're saying, hey, you know me now, we can move this relationship fast and I can start relying on you emotionally.
0: But does that actually work? We actually asked Liz this and she said it can backfire.
2: When we're talking about personal circumstances that have been difficult, we're assuming that the listener is going to express empathy and compassion. And so in that sense, yes, it it's certainly providing that information does create closeness. Um, and 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 so that can certainly be the intention of someone in wanting to achieve that closeness straight away. But I guess the problem with this kind of information is that It doesn't always have that effect, right? Because it is often quite confronting information. It can leave other people listening, to those stories, feeling really awkward or confronted themselves. And so it can actually have a counterproductive effect in that attempt for closeness.
0: Haley agrees with Liz on this. It's kind of a way to gauge how people are going to react to that information. It can sometimes be used as a way to test the other person based on their response. But like Liz said, sharing your personal stories quickly can have a counterproductive effect. And we heard from Sam, who said it's happened to him before and it actually triggered some things in himself.
1: I've had a couple of people do it with me on like sort of first dates and very early in talking stages. And, you know, it can possibly be quite triggering as well in case it's trauma that's similar to something I've experienced. Like I've had that happen where someone's told me something and it took me a good couple of minutes to like regain my focus and bring myself together because it just gave me a mad flashback.
0: For a lot of people, their trauma makes up a huge part of their life. It's completely shaped who they are, so you can't just push it aside or mute it to make somebody more comfortable. We spoke to Jodi about this because her trauma isn't something she can really hide while dating either.
1: I lost my brother to suicide six years ago, and I lost my mum to cancer last year. Uh, And so I'm definitely familiar with trauma (laughs) but uh it's been really interesting while dating with these experiences because i think my experience is that i go on a date and then um like the typical conversations that you have on a date like someone being like so what do your parents do are they still together and then i have to be like oh actually my mom passed away and they usually are you know respond pretty well and are like oh my god i'm so sorry um topic of conversation moves on and then later they're like so do you have any siblings and then (laughs) they'll be like well actually unfortunately my brother's passed away as well um and I find myself kind of going on the I'm a bit of a people pleaser as I'm sure a lot of people are especially on a date because you want to keep the mood light and so when these things come up people are like oh my god I'm so sorry that's your experience and what I used to do um is be like oh my god, no, it's so fine. I'm like in therapy. It's like so cool. Don't even worry about it. And then I look like a psychopath.
0: (laughs) I am such a huge people pleaser too. So I really relate to this. And I think sometimes you can put that funny hat on and do a little song and dance about things that actually hurt really deep down. But so often you crave that feeling of intimacy and just letting someone in and dropping the act, you know. So when is the right time to let someone in on your trauma? Here's what Liz reckons.
2: As soon as you start to feel safe, um, you know, I think um, there's a there's a theory that in a long-term relationship, we spend the first nine months in a state of limerence. And <laughs> limerence is kind of like characterized of um, having rose-colored glasses on and everything feels good and it's really good brain chemistry and, and all of that stuff. And then after around the nine-month mark, um, you start to kind of notice that disappointments and, and flaws in your partner, inevitable flaws in, in, in this, this person you're dating. And then you kind of are deciding, yeah, do, do I do I want to attach to this person despite all these flaws? So I think in theory, probably like around that time is ideal. Um, I mean, there's obviously no rule book around this, but I guess that, you know, as, as, as soon as you start to notice that you can trust a person with that information and maybe that comes earlier maybe that happens at the three-month mark if you're di- if you're in a relationship you know you're, you're beginning a relationship with someone who'd, who's got a real sense of maturity and understanding um, and I suppose it probably depends on the nature of the trauma um, I think there's a it's a big it's a hugely different thing to talk about a loss of a parent compared to child sexual abuse, for instance. So, so you know, there's got to be a real sensitivity around the topic, around the receptiveness of the person. But the, the thing to kind of really prioritize is, is your own safety in that situation. If I share this information, am I going to be safe talking about it? Or is this potentially going to be used against me? Is this going to trigger the other person? Um, So so certainly I think that that sort of trauma dumping on the first date, my opinion is that it's probably more risky um, unless you can kind of recover it, but really it's about feeling safe.
0: Oh, my God. Trust is so key. I think that if you haven't already heard the trust episode, I've already said it once, I'll say it again go back and have a listen after this. But yeah, we asked Jodie the same thing. And here's what she had to add.
1: I think that you should be honest from the get go. Like I think someone mentioned in your comment about you don't want to like tell a little white lie. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think that you should be honest from the beginning about your life. and um, But I think that you can set a timeline on when you feel like going into more detail about it. Um, I'd say as soon as you feel like you kind of trust and know the person and if they're willing to listen, I think ultimately you should be getting most of your support from a health professional, if that's something you need to do. Like, I don't think you should ever use your partner as a therapist, but I think once you reach a certain point where you feel like you trust the person, you know, cause, and it, the thing is, so I was gonna say like maybe once you're committed, but you don't even necessarily have to be in a committed thing with the person. Um, to get to that point
0: where you both feel comfortable being vulnerable. So I think just whenever it feels right, really. Not using your partner as a therapist is so huge. Like we even had a DM from James um, saying that I don't mind if you trauma dump on me. As long as you've had professional help in the past to deal or you're seeing a therapist currently, then it's kind of okay. Which I think is a really interesting take because to me it kind of gives the impression that you're not asking your date to bear the burden or unpack things with you because you're already dealing with it, with a professional, outside of the date. You're not just like a soundboard, you know, for all this trauma. But yeah, Liz spoke to us about this actually um, because people often trauma dump when they're still processing the trauma. Like they're fully in the thick of it, which is not ideal because that's when dumping it on someone else can edge into a bit of an unhealthy territory. We asked her about this and whether there are some warning signs to show that someone hasn't exactly processed or dealt with their trauma safely.
2: We call it resolution of trauma or loss. Uh, so, yes. so, yeah, so um, when someone has resolved a loss or, or processed it or made sense of it and understood it and accepted it, um it then gets set in the past and usually when someone offers that information it's not really an upfront um uh, it's not it's it, they're not it's not given up front it's often in response to a question like so you know uh do you live in sydney or you know where did you grow up and do you have siblings and how about your parents and then that someone might say oh actually my mother passed away when i was 10 so that information is just given but it's, it's, it's just given in that sort of basic sense of factual information without an emotional attachment to it, without sort of strong emotion around it. Whereas someone who hasn't really dealt with it, they haven't processed it, they're still feeling a lot of a, a raw emotion around it. Um, there, there's a lot more information that's given. It's a lot, it's, it's as though it's in the here and now. The feelings about something that was in the past um, are spoken about as though the the past is still the present. So there's still a sense of, and I still really miss her, and I still feel all these things about this situation. And usually, there's a, the the um, description is a lot more emotional rather than factual, with a lot more detail. Um, And almost then that's when there's this oversharing aspect of it. There's a lot more emotion and a lot more detail than really is necessary for the other person to know about this particular trauma or
0: loss. This is so important. And a huge takeaway from our chat with Jody was about this, knowing you feel secure within yourself before unloading your shit on someone else and making sure that you've processed it all to a certain degree. And she dropped this perfect quote to summarize.
1: I heard a quote from a friend today that he said, people want to see your scars, not your wounds, which I think just means that you don't, if you're not ready to talk about something, then you probably shouldn't be bringing up to a stranger on a date anyway. Like, I think that um, when I've told people, um, I've been really lucky that people have always generally reacted pretty well and just like, said like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And some people kind of skip over the topic and like move on quickly because they don't want to like cry any more than you're letting them and that sort of thing. But I think that ultimately it comes from having a good sense of how you feel about it and a bit more security in yourself and your own experiences and not letting, like you have to be prepared for basically any type of reaction because you just don't know how people are going to react. So you really do have to,
0: yeah, kind of have a really good sense of self I think if there's one thing that you take away from this app, it's this, right? Take care of yourself, get yourself to a good place so you know you're okay, and also that you're okay if the person you tell reacts differently to how you wanted or expected. Oh, wait, no, hold on. There's another thing I actually do want you to take away from this. Um, two things. Once you feel like you've hit the right time and you trust somebody and you feel secure in yourself, you should probably just ask for permission before telling them, right? Or at least say something like, I really want to share something with you, but it's kind of heavy, and if you're not in a good place to hear it, then that's okay. Yeah, Jody had an analogy for this, and I'll let her explain.
1: Imagine you're walking around a neighborhood and you realize that you really need to take a shit, and you're like, okay, um, I know that my friend lives in a house that's like a block away. I'll go to their house. And I just think there's a difference between going to your friend's house and knocking on the door and being like, Hey, I'm so sorry, but like I really need to go to the bathroom. Like, can I use your toilet? And then being like, oh my God, of course. Like I have no one around. Like, it's totally fine. I don't have anywhere to be. Like, come in, use my bathroom. Uh, or shitting on their front lawn without permission. You know, you shouldn't be ashamed that you have to take a shit. Like you shouldn't be ashamed that you have to go to the bathroom. It's but you should
0: probably ask <sighs> oh <my> first
2: <laughs> how I'm to dying. go about it.
0: Hey, it's better to ask before shitting all over someone, right? You know, don't surprise people. Give them a bit of warning. Right, so we've covered a lot of outcomes of trauma dumping so far. As Liz says, do it too soon. It can be a little bit risky. But at the same time, we've had lots of anecdotes from you saying it brought like a really special level of connection from date number one. But another outcome we haven't actually covered yet is trauma bonding. Jody kind of went through this with her situation, because she really craved that feeling of being able to relate to somebody on that level. You know, she wanted to find someone who could understand her in that way.
1: I think that um, before my mum died, but after my brother had died, I had this like sense that, um, or like an urge to want to be with someone who also had been with it through some sort of trauma, so that they could like relate and understand. Um, which I think a lot of people fall into the trap too, because you, you know, you've been through such a big thing, like you want someone who will understand, but I think that it can lead to trauma bonding because then you just become too attached, um them too quickly because you sh- both share these like really vulnerable things and so you feel like you have this like bond and deep connection before you've really even gotten to know the person that well and seen if you were compatible in your likes and dislikes and fun shows that you like to watch like there's so much more above the surface level things and the way you live your day-to-day life that's so much more important than if you
0: like both have had a loved one die or like been cheated on or whatever it is. I think this is such a great point. You do need to find compatibility on a really big scale, you know, bigger than just a traumatic event to connect with somebody and yeah, I don't know, lay some roots and get a genuine connection. And Liz says that while it can be comforting at first to trauma bond, it can create a really negative cycle for a couple who haven't processed their trauma.
2: That's what people do in trauma bonding, right? They get together and they talk about a situation that has been quite uniquely distressing to each individual person, and because it's been quite uniquely distressing in their own ways, but there's a similarity in the experience, they can finally share this experience, and there's a sense of understanding. It's like, oh wow, you get me. You understand exactly what I'm talking about, and I think I understand what what you're talking about. And so, through that sense of understanding each other, there is a bonding and a connection that takes place. And it can be a really supportive, wonderful thing. The risk though, is that because it's so supportive, particularly if this stuff hasn't really been resolved and dealt with then 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 there can be a preoccupying element to this and and it can then really kind of dominate conversations and um, uh, ca- characterize the interactions of a couple.
0: And it can keep you in that state if you keep rehashing it, reliving it, re-experiencing it again and again and again. And the problem with that is that
2: because it feels good, because it did feel good originally to bond over that stuff, um, there's there's this kind of need to keep going back there, right? So it doesn't get dealt with properly.
0: So if you're listening to this and realising, oh, fuck, I'm a serial drama dumper, I have word vomit, I'm doing this all the time to people, I don't know how to stop. Do not stress. Here's Liz with some advice.
2: So you kind of, like there's, there's a way to, to recognise, you know, how much of a conversation am I just talking about my past experiences? You know, if you think back to a conversation that you had when you caught up with a friend for dinner or another person for dinner and um, and you thought, actually, yeah, I think I just dominated the whole of that conversation Maybe I need to be more aware of that when I'm having these kind of conversations with other people. So it's really about self-awareness, self-monitoring, catching yourself in the moment. And even, you know, when you start to become aware of that, you can even sort of, as you're um, talking about this stuff, you might even say, you know what, I've talked about that so much tonight. Anyway, you know, how about you, right? So it's really about having a sensitivity about is this a conversation that is a two-way fluid conversation or yeah, am I just kind of dominating here and just talking about stuff that I've experienced without really um, having that as a, a back and forth?
0: As you've heard throughout this episode, it is important to take responsibility for what you're about to tell someone. you got to make sure that you're secure enough in yourself. And honestly, you want to leave the person better than when you found them, right? So, What happens if you're on the receiving end of this? If you're a partner hearing this for the first time, how can you support someone who's letting you in on their trauma?
2: It's a really delicate issue. uh, And I think that a lot of people get really uncomfortable, right, because they don't know how to respond to this. Um, And so I think, um, you know, some level of asking questions, not about the details, I think refrain from asking questions about the details, but really ask questions about, you know, how do you feel about this now? You know, um, you know, have you managed to get some counselling around this? Or, um, you know, have do you feel, like, confident that you've moved past it? Or do you feel confident that these things wouldn't happen again? So it's about um, some asking questions about the state of mind of the person who's sharing that information and really refrain from, from trying to get details, you know, um, because that's going to be quite triggering.
0: I've absolutely loved this episode. I didn't know that we were going to get such a big reaction. I didn't know we were going to get this many stories, but it's been great listening to all of them and chatting to you about it because it's obviously resonating. So I really hope you got something out of this. I hope it was helpful. And if you think someone else you know needs to hear about this episode, this trauma dump, send it over to them. They might love it as well. And, yeah, another big thank you to everyone who contributed. Like, we honestly couldn't do it without you. If you ever have any dating, dilemmas, love, sex, relationship, whatever you're going through, um, hit us up on Instagram. That's at triplejthehookup. Or if you're old school, you can email us, thehookup at abc.net.au. We'll catch you next time. Bye.